Hello, this is Faradice Productions. How can we help you today? Ed, we need your help. I haven't had a date in months. I need your help. Postgraduate life is hard. I do have a shout and issue. I'm still living with my parents. I haven't had an interview in months. All right then, let's do this. Now I'm an adult with Ed Farah. Hello you, it is so nice to be back. My name is Ed Farah and this is my brand new podcast, Now I'm an Adult. I am so excited that season one has finally begun. On the show today, I'll be giving you an update on my influencer career. I think I'll be super good at this. Plus, it sounds like an easy way to make money. So I'm in. I'll be talking about the brand new punky sound of the 1975. Plus, Love Island has left our screens. I don't know about you, but I'm really, really missing it. But don't worry, ITV2 has got us covered. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's do this. A podcast so adult that Ben Dover has our picture up on his bedroom wall. Now I'm an adult with Ed Farrer. Welcome to Now I'm an Adult, the podcast that spends 10 minutes looking at job listings in the morning and spends the rest of the day watching the US office. I'm Ed Farrer and on this brand new show I'll be talking you through all things adult to give you an insight into how to survive adulting life. There will be Adulting 101 lessons, I'll be answering your questions about surviving the adult world, plus I'll bring you some cooking tips as well. My podcast, based solely on burritos, That's a Wrap, was poorly received in the focus groups, which led me to going down this adulting avenue, but I reckon I can still give you some decent stuff. Now, I'm Ed, I'm 21, I just graduated from Warwick University, and I guess I'm an adult now. You know, I thought through my three years at university I'd really grown up, but suddenly I'm unemployed, I'm living at home, I'm trying to work all of my life out you know, as quickly as possible. And I'm really being thrown in the deep end. I know this is something that so, so many people also experience. So I wanted to create a little bit of a community where we could come together, exchange adulting tips, talk about our worries, talk about our life, what we're going to do. And fingers crossed, we can just give a little bit of hope into this situation because we can all do it. I think we just need that little bit of a push. Now, I'm not going to say I'm the greatest adult in the world. I have three years at university, so I know how to cook, I know how to live a little bit. But one part of adulting that I was not expecting to have so much experience in already was parenting. No, don't worry. I haven't had my own at a young age. In fact, my dad has had one at quite a quite an old age instead. Uh, my sister is called Grace. She's 18 years younger than me. She's three years old and she brings so much light into my life. She is truly wonderful and I love spending time with her. And because I'm 21 and she's three, I can babysit her. It's really nice. Get to spend loads and loads of time with her. However, she is three years old and looking after her brings challenges to me and my stepbrother Lewis who do it all the time. And sometimes, I don't know, maybe we go a bit off book. Maybe we go a bit creative. And uh, Lewis did something the other day you will not believe. So Grace at the moment is absolutely obsessed with ice cream, as I think all good children should be. If your child isn't obsessed with ice cream, there is no joy in their life. But she is a little bit too into ice cream. She asks for one every day. And obviously she can't have one every day. Otherwise, it would be bedlam in the Farrah household. It would be insanity. So obviously, sometimes we have to turn her down. And the other day, she was not allowed an ice cream and sent to bed without one. Not in a bad way. You know, it's just a, no, you don't, you're not having one. Anyway, it was quite a hot day though, so Lewis and my stepmom still wanted one. So when she went to bed, they enjoyed a magnum. Fair enough. They're all, they're adults, they can do what they like. Uh, unfortunately, Lewis made a grave, grave error. He left the stick from the magnum on the table and you think, surely he, you know, he'd clean up after himself. 
but they didn't. And you'd think, maybe, maybe a three-year-old would not notice this. No, no, no. D.I. Grace Farrah came down at 7.30 in the morning, saw the stick and sensed betrayal. She knew that Lewis and Mummy had had an ice cream without her and she demanded one off Lewis at 7.30 in the morning. And you know, you can't give a kid an ice cream at 7.30. That is Parenting 101. I'm sorry if you don't know that, you're in serious trouble. Serious, serious trouble. Because it's utter bedlam. So she can't have one. But she's seen the stick. She knows Lewis has had one. So what do you do? Well, Lewis, quick on his feet as ever, said, No, 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 Grace. I was not eating that. In fact, that stick is meant for you. Really? Of course it is. Of course it is. Uh, it is to plant an ice cream stick in the garden. So we have an ice cream tree for you to have more ice creams. And you think, that's fine. Little telltale. It'll be fine. Toddler will forget about it. They won't even ask a question about it. No, no, no. Grace Farrah insisted that they went out into the garden straight away, chose a plot for them to bury the stick and officially planted her ice cream tree. She's been going and checking on it, and it hasn't grown yet for some reason. Uh, I think she'll be a little bit disappointed, but these are the kind of horrible decisions you have to make as a parent. She may not notice, but hopefully this hasn't scarred her for life. So if you are a parent, here is Parenting 101 for you. Clean up after yourself, or you'll find yourself in a huge mess. Now I'm an adult with Ed Farrah. The official podcast of three for five pound cans. Now, if you don't know what I was doing before I started this podcast, I was a student and I was the Wednesday drive time presenter on Warwick University's student radio station, Raw 1251am. And on my show, I, I know I love music. I love keeping up to music news. And I always keep my listeners up to date and play them the best new songs. Uh, it's a podcast now, so I can't really do that. But I wanted to come back to something music related. And it's about the 1975. They have just released a brand new song. Now, most people will be hugely excited about this. Um, unfortunately, I've listened to the song. It's called People, and what they have decided to do is try and do punk. Now, I saw all of these people I respected hugely on Twitter saying, oh, the 1975 have gone punky. I love it. It's so punky. No, it's not. It's like calling Dua Lipa emo because she wears black eyeliner. It's ridiculous. I'm going to read some of the lyrics to you. All right. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's Monday morning and we've only got a thousand of them left. Well, I know it feels pointless and you don't have money. Oh, it's hard. Don't target me too much, Matty. But we're all just going to try our effing best. Well, my generation want to F Barack Obama. Living in a sauna with legal marijuana. Good rhyme in there, Matty. Very, very good. Uh, well, girls, food, gear. I don't like going outside, so bring me everything here. Yeah, woo, yeah, that's right. This is utter rubbish, right? This is not punk. What they're trying to do is play heavy guitars, swear a bit, throw their tongues out on a music video. This is not punk. And I'm sorry, you are complicit if you're going with it. This is despicably poor music. It's awful. It's a dreadful song. Don't even get me started on the music video. The 1975 are cancelled. I'm calling it. But what I did want to point out was the way that punk has really... I think the spirit of punk has gone because people are now thinking the 1975 are punk. Well, I just want to educate you. These are some things that are more punk than the 1975. Madness. Downton Abbey. The Goodies, Subway, Nando's, Middlesex County Cricket Club, Canoeing, 
Waitrose, Smooth Radio, The Chuckle Brothers, The Jonas Brothers, Doombar, A Tuna Melt from Spoons, Maroon 5, Echo Falls, M&S, Taylor Swift, Tenpin Bowling, The Teletubbies, The Wiggles. I'm calling it the 1975 account called This New Song is Utter Rubbish and I Will Not Accept It. It's awful. Wake up, people! This podcast is strictly adult. Oh, yeah. <sighs> no, not in that way. Get your mind out of the gutter. Now I'm an adult with Ed Farrer. Now, as I've graduated from university, as many of you are, I suspect... I am unemployed and on the lookout for work. I am really, really passionate about radio, so I'm looking into that, I'm looking into part-time work, you know, because I need the money. But one thing really screamed at me as I was thinking about this how-to-earn-money ordeal, this work ordeal. Wouldn't it be great to be an influencer? Right? Yeah? You see... All of these Love Island stars and whatnot earning loads of money, and it's really, really easy. All they do is do a couple of posts on the yacht, I know, doing a nice pose and some swimwear, I've got some swimwear, Uh, do a couple of stories selling beauty products, and Bob's your uncle. You're earning absolutely loads. Your whole lifestyle sorted just by having Instagram followers, and I think this might be the perfect job for me. Not that I'm relatable or authentic or any of those things, but I really, really want to earn lots of money without doing any work. So what I'm going to do is try and become an influencer star. Avocados. Hashtag ad. Health. Instagramming. Vibes. Use my discount code. Airpods. Why don't my parents love me? (laughs) Sponsored. Followers. Positivity. Let's go. Now, obviously, I don't know a great deal about influencing other than the aesthetics of this whole thing. So I've been searching online and I found a website uh, that gives me five top tips. It's from Lizzie on the website later. How to become an influencer on Instagram. Here we go. Let's just have a read through together so I can get an idea of how to become an influencer. It's a dream job for so many people. Yep. Uh, But if you want to become an influencer on Instagram, you have to put in the work. Bullshit. The good news is that anyone with an engaging, authentic story to tell is capable of building a cult-like following on social media. Right, here are five tips. Tip one, pick a niche and stand for something big. Hmm. As an Instagram influencer, your brand is your personality. Oh no. The more real and authentic you can be, the more successful you become as a result. This is also true when selecting your social media niche. What are you most passionate about? What story do you want to share the most? What cause truly resonates with you? I guess I could do burritos, food in general. I could be a food influencer. And then I get loads of free food. This is genius. Restaurants would pay me to come to their restaurant. This is absolute genius. At two, carve out a consistent aesthetic for your brand. Aesthetic is so important in the age of Instagram, especially when it comes to managing social media for business. And if you're selling physical products on Instagram, yes, I will be. Money, money, money. You need to be using a creative and consistent brand aesthetic. Right, I can do that. Super, super easy. Become an influencer on Instagram. Tip three, always evolve and be open to new platforms. 
The social media landscape is constantly changing. If you want to become an influencer, you have to embrace change and always be willing to test out new features or up-and-coming platforms. Well, I know what TikTok is. Check. Tip four, take it offline. Social media is meant to be social, so you should dedicate time to meeting your community. Oh, no. I don't want to meet community members. These, oh, no. You have to meet them in real life. These in-person relationships can flourish beautifully online. The more time you spend actually connecting offline, the more connected and engaging you will be online. I'm not doing that. This all seems rather easy. All I need to do is find a brand, be authentic, and meet real people. And I can do all but one of those things. So I'm thinking food. I think that might be my idea. I'm not sure where to specialise, but I think food is the future. So if you have any ideas on what kind of food I could specialise in, any other ideas on how I could specialise, if you know how to make a brand aesthetic, please get in touch because I'd love to hear from you. It's at theadultingpod at gmail.com for my email and it's at theadultpod on Twitter. I'd love your suggestions and any expertise you can bring because the less work I do and the more work you do, the better for me. And hey! It's an interpersonal relationship. So I'm even doing that rubbish tip four thing about meeting real people. Meeting real people and making them do work for me. Perfect. Right. I've got this on lock. So let me know what you can bring to my Instagram brand and we'll talk about this next time. Hi, my name's Edward Farrer, and in my brand new interview series, I'll be delving into the most challenging challenge that any of us will face, growing up. I'll be talking to some of the brightest and most convenient adult minds I can find, as we try and work out what it truly means to be an adult, psychologically, sociologically, mentally, historically, literally, consequentially, electroencephalographically. Colonoscopy, Ali. This is Div Interviews with me, Edward Farrer, coming soon on Now I'm an Adult. Retrospectively, Ali McCoysterly. Now, on the podcast, I'm really committed to getting to the heart of your issues. I want to know the problems you're facing as an adult and how I can help. So I've opened up my email and my Twitter to your questions. You can get in touch. Email us at theadultingpod at gmail.com or drop into our DMs on Twitter at theadultpod. Let us know your questions and you've done so already and I'm going to go through a few of them now. The first question on the podcast, um, to be honest, it's not actually got anything to do with adulting, to be honest, although it is adult by nature. Uh, It comes from an email from someone who goes by the pseudonym Naughty Hannah 69. It says, hello, sexy. Buttering me up already. (laughs) I think we could have great fun together. Okay. Our chance meeting in that coffee shop yesterday. I don't think I was in a coffee shop yesterday. I was at home. I was watching NCIS. It has filled me with great excitement. and I'm dying to see you again. Again, I think she might have mixed me up with someone here. Uh, I do hope you're up for hot fun, as I'd love for you to have your way with me sometime soon. Okay, Um, this isn't really what the podcast is all about. This is more about advice rather than um, personal interactions. As you know, I I hate the common public. That's why I'm doing a podcast rather than meet and greets. 
Uh, don't worry, I'm very discreet and will do anything to please you. Um, goodness me, right. I mean, it's great that you're really keen. It's great that you like the podcast, but I, I am. Um, I am in a relationship and, I, you know, I'm, I'm not that kind of guy. Uh, if you want to chat and organize a meet, again, in a relationship, I probably don't want that. Just sign up to my website. Oh, someone's doing well. And you can chat to me for just $4 a month. That's a bit expensive, isn't it? Really? $4 a month for a chat? Not sure about that. Uh, do tell me if you can help me with my desire for an intimate encounter. Naughty Hannah 69. Now, Naughty Hannah, I do want to break this to you. As I said, I'm in a relationship. I'm not looking for anything of that ilk. So desperately sorry about that. Although that $4 a month chat thing might be a good monetizing idea for the podcast. So thank you very much, Naughty Hannah. Hopefully... You can find that coffee shop guy. If you do think you came across Naughty Hannah 69 yesterday um, in a coffee shop, please let me know. I'd love to reunite you guys. I think she might have mixed me up uh, with you. So get in contact if that's you. Now, moving on to the second question. This one is from Sophia. She writes, Ed, my adult woe is getting accustomed to a new crowd at work, a place where I'm no longer surrounded by my uni mates. I start my first job next week and would love some advice on building confidence around new people in a new job. Thank you. Well, I mean, this is a a difficult one, isn't it? Because I think after three years, you you build such a great bond with flatmates and society mates and people you meet at university. And that bond, I think, stays with you. So many people I talk to say they're still in contact with their friends from university. They're still really good friends. They talk often. I guess kind of getting accustomed to them not being in your life as much can be really difficult. But what I would say is that, you know, it will be tough, I guess, getting accustomed to a new crowd, but it was different, I think, making friends at university than we all expected. And I don't think, you know, it's going to be as hard as people think to make new friends at work. I mean, I had this great idea of what university life was going to be. I'd make all my great friends in halls and in societies and stuff. And I turned up on my first day, thought it'd be like the Barclays advert where, a girl setting up her room and all these cool classmates come in and wave as they go past and stuff and it'd be like that but it wasn't <laughs> turned up for the first day I got my key and uh, it was 006 my room not 007 and then the person next door who moved in a week later didn't understand what 007 meant and why I was upset I didn't get 007 so it was a bit tough there but I went all the way down to 006 is right on the end of the hall so nobody was walking past me at all as they were moving in so I was just sat in my room playing music reading no one really turned up on the first day it it wasn't my point is it wasn't exactly how I expected my first day to go I made great friends in my halls and uh, you know, I made great friends in societies Uh, but you know it's not as easy as you just turn up and you make best friends for life You still have to seek out the right people. You still have to find the society that's good for you. And I doubt that you bumped into your best friends in the world straight away. And I guess they're probably friends that I made in third year that I didn't have in first year or second year. So I think the main thing is just, you know, knowing that you've gone to university. You've done all this before. You have walked straight into a new environment and made amazing friends that will last for life. So why can't you do the same thing at work? Obviously, it's a different atmosphere because you're probably not starting drinking at 2 p.m. every day. But, you know, that you can still make friends. You know, you're going to be going into a line of work that hopefully you're passionate about. 
Uh, and if you're not passionate about it, well, you know, there will be other people who aren't passionate about it. And that's a thing in common. So I think it will be easy if you just put your mind to it. You know, walking into a new environment is just what you did at university. So try and relax. Try and have good conversations. Try and make friends. And I'm sure you will make friends. I'm sure it will be really, really easy for you. You've just got to know you've done all this before and you've got to be confident. And you've just got to go in there with a positive attitude. And I know it's hard. It's going to be hard uh, getting accustomed to not being at university with your university mates. But that doesn't mean you can't make an amazing friends afterwards. And hopefully this brand new job goes really well for you. So best of luck. And I hope that's helped. Uh, now, my final question comes from Angus. Hi, Angus. Hope you're well. Angus writes, hi, adulting podcast. I have a question about my new adult life now I have left university. I'm currently living at home with my parents once more, something which is deemed uncool by many. How am I able to sell this idea of me living with my parents to the ladies without them thinking I'm some sort of loser? Any help would be greatly appreciated. Kindest of regards, Angus XOXOXO. This is a bit of a tough one, isn't it? Because I think at university, when you've got your own house, you've got your own room in halls it's quite easy to be independent you know you, I think there's no one really to kill your vibe apart from you you don't have your parents there looking over your shoulders the ladies come in you, you know your new girlfriend or new squeeze doesn't have to meet your parents or your siblings or anything like that so it's really really easy to kind of work your way into a relationship nice and slowly but now I guess when you bring in girls home it can be tough with your parents there Obviously, that's a negative. There's less privacy. You know, they're going to intrude. But what I would do, Angus, is try and focus on the really good points of living with your parents, okay? Obviously, hopefully, I don't know how this is, but for a while, for the first few weeks, they might not charge you rent. So that means you'll have more disposable income than if you were having to live in your own place. And the argument you make is that, you know, I'll spend that money on you, darling. So there's something straight away. A positive twist out of having to live with your parents is that you can spend a bit more of that rent money on your girlfriend. And you know, when you've wined her and dined her, gone to a nice restaurant or something, and use that very small amount of um, extra money that a part-time job will hopefully give you whilst you're living with your parents, she'll be in a great mood, she'll have loved it, and she'll think, wow, this guy really is something special. And I know he lives with his parents, but that's fine, because he's just finding his feet and finding his passion. I'm perfectly okay with that because he still treats me right. So that's what I would do, Angus. You've got to spin it, all right? You've got to be you've got to be a real spin doctor on this one. You've got to give a good experiences that outweigh the fact that um, you're going to go home and your parents are going to welcome her and talk to her in the morning and talk to her in the evening and all of those embarrassing things. So focus on the positives. That's what I'd say, all right? I believe it's perfectly possible. And I don't think you're uncool or a loser. I don't think the ladies will either, Angus. I I believe in your, you know, charms, I guess. Hope that's helped, Angus. Now, if you want to get your questions answered on the podcast, it is super, super easy to get in contact. Uh, you can email us at theadultingpod at gmail.com or drop into our DMs on Twitter, which is at theadultpod. I'll go through more questions next week. Now I'm an adult, sponsored by Ruddle's Best, cheap, vitriolic, and claims to be produced by a Midlander, even though it's actually made by a grumpy Southerner. And you should try the beer. 
Now, this podcast is all about adulting tips and getting those little nuggets of information, those little nuggets of gold to tide you over and get you through your adulting woes. Now, many of you on social media uh, and personally have said, Ed, um, you have no expertise in adulting whatsoever, so why should I listen to you? And that is a really really good point. So uh, in light of that feedback, I have recruited a proper, successful, actual adult to give some insight into his life. His name, Adam Blunden. Our Lord and Saviour returns. If he can't save you, nobody can. Adulting 101 with Adam Blunden. Hello, I'm Adam Blunden and welcome to Adulting 101 with Adam Blunden. Now, as an adult, you're often overworked and underpaid. So when it comes to cooking at the end of the day, it can be a bit tough to create something of real quality. Today, however, I'll be making a simple dish from what I have left in the fridge after a week without shopping, which will hopefully inspire you to invent some cheap recipes at home. Often it's the moments that I have the least options that really inspires me to create exciting new dishes. I know that you, with a little confidence, can enjoy that feeling as well. So, let's see what I have in the fridge. Okay, so I have some mushrooms, butter, some chicken that went out of date last week, an onion, half-used pop of ketchup, and a mouldy avocado. So, what can we make out of this? Well, the mushrooms will have to be the star of the dish, I suppose. I could fry it up with the butter and the onions and add some ketchup for the sauce. Oh, who am I kidding? F*** it, let's get some Deliveroo. Now I'm an adult. The only podcast that shares your sense of impending self-doom. I don't know about you, but my whole summer until recently was centred around sitting down in front of the TV at 9pm, six days a week, and watching Love Island. It dominates social media, it dominates TV, it's all anyone talks about, from people who love the show to sweaty divorced men who need to remind us that nobody will actually fall in love on the show. No one will actually fall in love with you, mate. How do you feel now? I got into it two years ago with my girlfriend. She got me into it. You know, two years later, I'm hooked. I watch every episode. I watch the After Sun show. I keep up with the gossip. You know, it really dominates my life for a good two months. So it ending has left a great hole in my evening. And if it's done the same for you, do not worry. ITV2 has got us covered. Do you hate waiting all year for another series of Love Island? Want to snuggle up in the winter cold for some love in the sun? Well, don't worry. Due to capitalist greed, you can capture the brand new winter edition of Love Island to fix your Love Island fix. And when you've watched that, make sure to catch up on Love Island Harsh Winter Edition as we see if 10 sexy singletons can find love in a fierce Mongolian winter. Wait, you want more? Well, here comes Love Island Autumn Edition. What's more romantic than walking through fallen golden leaves? Well, how about Love Island Spring Edition, the official build-up series to the summer edition of Love Island? Need a festive fix of Love Island? Well, Love Island The Christmas Special has you sorted as we find out if you can find love on Jesus' birthday. Ooh, spooky. 
Love Island, Halloween Love Special. Island, Caroline and Ian Escape from Guantanamo Bay. Love Island, The Cruise of Love. Love Island, Ruby Red. Love Island 2, Too Fast, Love Too Island Furious. 2049. Love Island, Extreme Love. Love. Island, Here Come the Extreme Love. Love Island's Reloaded. NCIS Love Island. Love Island, Isle of Wight. It's Love Island, but it's pissing it down. Love Island Legacy. Love Island Omnibus. Love Island Molly May Adventures. Love Island Goes Forth. Love Island Takes Love Island the Final Frontier. Love Island Robots Love Island Love Island Love Island Love Island Love Island Thanks for listening. Now I'm an Adult will be back for another episode when you least expect it. Subscribe on all your favourite podcasting places so you never miss an upload. And follow us on Twitter, at The Adult Pod, for all your bonus adult entertainment. Bye!